0: Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 57. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. We have got another great guest on the show today, Mark Podolsky, a.k.a. The Land Geek. He's, a widely considered, he's widely considered the country's most trusted and foremost authority on buying and selling raw, undeveloped land within the United States. He has been actively investing in real estate and raw land since 2001 and has completed over 5,000 unique transactions. Mark's company, Frontier Equity Properties, LLC, is an A-plus rated BBB or triple B, however that is described, real estate company. Mark has achieved his level of success largely due to his core business philosophy, Happy Customers Guaranteed. Mark, welcome to the show. Jeff Nicholson, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to speak to you. Number one, I'm really looking forward to know what Happy Customers Guaranteed philosophy is. But can you, before we really get into it, could you just give us a little bit of a background about what's brought you to this point today?
1: Yeah, so before I was land investing, I was a very unhappy investment banker. And uh, I did mergers and acquisitions for private equity groups. So about, you know, five to 500 million mid-market stuff in enterprise value. And I hated it. I had a 45-minute commute to work and back. I, you know, was micromanaged. Uh, I had no control at politics. I mean, it, it was horrible to the point where, you know how, like, you'd get the Sunday blues anticipating you know, having to be back at work on Monday, I would get the Friday blues anticipating the weekend going by really fast and having to be at work on Monday. So, you know, my firm hires this guy and he's telling me that on the side, like his little side hustle, he's going to these tax deed auctions and he's buying up raw land for like nothing and he's flipping them online and he's making 300% returns on his investment. Well, Jeff, I'm looking at companies all day long. I mean, a great company, a great company has over 15% EBITDA margins, right? Or free cash flow. Great company. Your average company is at 10%. And I'm looking at companies all day long, less than 10%. So I, I don't believe him. So I go with like three grand saved up for car repairs. And he just kind of walks me through like, okay, this is what you do. And I bought 10 half acre parcels at an average price of $300 each. And then I just put them up online. I did exactly what he said to do. And they all sold within the next you know, two weeks for over $1,200 each. It worked, 300%. So I took all that money, I went to another tax deed auction in Arizona, which is where I live, and there's no one in the room. I and mean, again, this is in 2000. And I'm buying up all this land, and no one's there, and it's super cheap. And on that next auction, I made over $90,000 in the next six months. So I go to my wife, I'm like, honey. I want to quit my job and invest in land full time. She said, absolutely not. So I said, fine, fine, fine. So I invested in land part time for 18 months until the land investing income exceeded my investment banking income. And I've been doing it full time
0: ever since. And that leads me to today. Wow. Wow. That that took some cojones to do that really, didn't it?
1: Scared
0: I had a six month old baby at home and I kind
1: of, you know, it was funny because I read that book. Uh, I don't know if you've read it. Rich dad, poor dad. Yes. Yeah. You uh, know, that really kind of helped my mindset. Like, well, you know, I, I should do this. And I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? I, I got to get another job. And so, you know, now I'm happily unemployable. Like, uh, you know, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't been in the, had to work in what, 16 years or something nuts.
0: No, that's, a, that's an amazing story. So for, so when you look at the um, – because obviously you also have a, a, a very popular podcast show as well, um, which is called The Best Passive Income Model and The Art of Passive Income, if that's what I'm – if yeah, I'm yeah. So, yeah, I
1: actually have three. I've got the Land Geek podcast, which talks all about land investing the best passive income model podcast where I have like guests on like you and I kind of walk through my business model and like, do I have the best passive income model. And then that, that shtick kind of got old for me. And then I started the art of passive income model with one of my star students, Scott Todd, whom actually beat me. He was able to replace his fortune 300, uh, salary, uh, as an executive within 17 months and three days. So he beat me and he's been land investing full time for the past two years
0: so what so in in when you were when you were when you were in your in your career should we say before you started being unemployable was there any a desire to create your own business or were you just sort of going with the what that that flick of the switch that turned you into oh no I'm going to go and do this what sort of processes do you, was going on in your head
1: well I, you know as a kid I was always entrepreneurial like I was that kid that had the lemonade stand and then You know, I'd go around, I'd sell like cookies at, you know, in during the summer. And, uh, and then I was like the corsage guy in my high school and I'd sell snicker bars because I weren't selling snicker bars. So I was always like this hustling kind of kid. And then, you know, I went to college and, um, and I thought, oh, you know, I'll I'll just learn how to do something. I got You know, my first job out of college was actually with dentists, you know, buying and selling dental practices. And that led me to investment banking and mergers and acquisitions. But um, you know, it was always sort of like, Hey, you know, the, the writing's on the wall, right? Like if you want to make, if you want to make, well, if you want to be wealthy in this, in this country, you've got to have full control and, and there's only a few ways to do it. And, and being an entrepreneur was, was one of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it's, it's that, it's that it's that courage and that willingness to sometimes gamble it all isn't it to 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 go out on your own and to not to to not have that safety net of of that of that income that's coming in from a from a salary and to go and going okay i'm going to do this and it, it can be a scary thing can't it oh it's super scary a- yeah absolutely but you know it there the
1: the the payoff is so much higher because you know, you can work when you want, where you want, with whom you want, and there's this sort of, you know, that that journey of of doing things the way you want to do them. And you like kind of, you know, owning your own company is like creating your own little utopia. You make the rules, and you can change the rules. And it's it's really, I I think it to in today's day and age with technology, there's never been a better time in history. To be an entrepreneur. No.
0: No. I would I would agree it, it's extremely liberating to be able to make those decisions. Cause you know what one, you know the buck stops at you. So there's that incentive to to do the work. And then the other one is is like you say is, is if you want to change course slightly because you want to take your business or you, you can see those choices, it's it's an amazing thing to be able to do. Yeah, I mean, and the reality is is that you know, with
1: technology and artificial intelligence Mm. you've got to start thinking like a entrepreneur because jobs are going to, you know, be few and far between as, as we continue to evolve.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So do you have international clients or do you mainly focus on in in, uh, working with people in the U S well, I I only buy U S land, but my clients are all over the country and world. Right. Okay. So do you, when someone is looking, so do you look at this as supporting them and creating this as a full-time career or is this that passive income model that you talk about?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it can be the ultimate side hustle for a lot of people. They say it's the ultimate subscription model. So most people that do this, um, you know, start out part time. And then once that passive income exceeds their fixed expenses and they're working because they want to, not because they have to, then they've got that choice. So I want to continue with my job. Do I want to quit my job? Um, a lot of my clients in their first year, they, they replaced their wife's income. And their wife quits, and they stay at home with the kids, and then they're like, okay, now I'm going to replace my income, and they go to the next phase yeah
0: and, and so when when they when they're looking at flipping this land, are they flipping it for construction or are they flipping it for forestry, or it does it just depend on the land quality, or how does that work? Yeah, no, I mean we kind of make it like a like a
1: little car payment, so for for oftentimes we don't make any improvements at all to the property and it's really about buying uh, a raw piece of land and then selling it about 80% below retail so it sells within 30 days or less. So, you know, an example would be, so Jeff, where, where do you live right now? I live in uh, Newcastle, which is an hour from the Scottish border, south. Okay, so, so you're Newcastle, but I look on the tax roll that you owe $200 in back taxes on this land investment you made in Texas, right? So I send you an actual offer for that land, Right? And, and the way I come up with the offer is I look at the comparable values, like what the, what the land has been selling for in the last, let's say, 12 months. And I divide by four, and that gets me to a 300%, what Warren Buffett would call margin of safety. So I send you this offer, and you're like, well, I'm in Newcastle, I'm never going to go visit that land in Texas, and I'm sick of paying the taxes. And you're already advertising me, and you don't want it anymore, because you haven't paid your taxes. So you're like, all right, I'll sell it to Mark for 23 cents a dollar. So I, I go through the due diligence. I research it. I make sure you actually own it, that the back taxes are too high, this whole checklist. And then now I own it. And now I will sell it at typically a 300 to a thousand percent margin. And the way that I'll do this is I'll get my money out on the down payment and then I'll get a monthly payment at about a car payment, say, you know, 197 to 997 a month. Right. And now I've got this recurring passive income coming in every single month, but I don't have to deal with renters. I don't have to deal with rehabs. I don't have to deal with renovations. I don't have to deal with rodents. And because it's, uh, you know, uh, a tenant, I don't have to deal with, you know, Dodd-Frank or any of this onerous real estate legislation. So, you know, you just get enough of these notes and they just build and build.
0: And okay. build so we, we've got we've got um we've got a lot of um listeners who are in the US, um but as you say is is how how do how can people get started on this? Where would be the first place that these people could look if they wanted to sort of explore this as a as a side hustle? Yeah, I mean I would get educated
1: first, so uh you know there's lots of places to get information, and you know certainly you can go on YouTube, you can look up land investing, you can go.
0: Google and you know land investing, um and start learning. Mm. And and with the with that, so I mean you start with three thousand three thousand dollars. Can you start right. with less than that? Or is is that sort of a good thing to start?
1: Yeah, with? I mean I've I've had clients start with nothing, just the the money for uh for postage. Um, you know, one of my clients, so you know, let let's take our example again, right? So um, I buy that property from you, but instead of buying it from you, I'd say, oh, I'm still doing due diligence. Well, it takes me, let's say a day to do the due diligence. And what I do is I start sending out neighbor letters because the best buyer for that property is the neighbors, right? They don't know who the next buyer is going to be. Maybe that person's going to put up uh, a barn and, and mess with their view. So, so what happens is you go to the neighbors and then they buy it before you I close with you. So I do a dual closing using their money and I have to have to use any of my own money. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I like your thinking. I like your thinking. So so with 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 this, when you did it, you just started on your own, you there was no team or anything. It was quite literally just you going, There's three thousand dollars. Let's see what we can do. Exactly.
1: I I was an entrepreneurial nightmare. <laughs> I, I did. I did everything myself for
0: years, and I made all these mistakes for years and years. Don't okay. don't ask me why. Well, but isn't that the lesson that a majority of entrepreneurs go through?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, there, there was no me to teach me. No, right at that yeah. time, that yeah. that was the problem. But if I could go back and like, can I find a mentor? Yeah, to help me with all this.
0: Well, th- 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 so there's an interesting thing. So, did you did you um did you eventually find someone to help you sort of develop your skills in this arena, or did you just sort of? Are you now the? You're obviously now the mentor that people come to.
1: Yeah, I mean, for land investing, I'm kind of that guy. But as far as like being an entrepreneur, um, you know, I've I found mentors like one of my buddies uh, sold this company for 360 million and his mentor is a billionaire. So I surround, you know, what's that old saying? You're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. So I, I kind of try to hang out with these, you know, my five people are, are super, you know, smart entrepreneurs that that are way better than me.
0: Yeah. Now what do you do masterminding as well? Or is it solely just that sort of the mentoring side? Uh, yeah, I do masterminds as well. And, and the mentoring. Absolutely. And how have you, what benefits have you found? So like for someone who's looking at for a mentor, what benefits would you say they have? Um, what sort of tips would you say for someone who's looking for a mentor? I mean, you want a mentor that's,
1: you know, already in the, in the situation that you want to be in. Right. So if, if you want to be, Uh, the best podcaster, right? Then you want to go to the best podcaster in your industry and start literally kind of doing what they're doing and thinking the way they think. And oftentimes the real value of a mentor is that, that fresh set of eyes, right? They've already made on mistakes um, and they're able to kind of save you so much time and frustration by just, you know, one little tweak here, one little thing there uh, you know, one little mindset strategy, uh, can make all the difference and and get you to that next level very quickly so, so you know sometimes it's like you just don 't know what you don 't know
0: no no absolutely absolutely and and sometimes you, you 've you've, you've got to go through the i 'm using a pun slightly but i don 't mean to you 've got to go through that forest in order to find that clearing and eventually go, okay now I know what I need to do yeah absolutely and absolutely. so so with with your um for when you talk about the passive income is is the is the land side the the main one you talk about or do you talk about other forms of passive income as well well it's only land for me i'm not i'm not opposed to other
1: passive income models but i just can't find anything better than what i'm doing well look i'm flexible like a yogi i, I mean you know I, the only thing I'm certain of is I'm uncertain. But that being said, like I still haven't found anything better than what I'm doing because it's so simple. Yeah, and it's working.
0: So why and would you want working. to change? And there's yeah.
1: no competition. You know, it's not sexy. There's no private equity groups. There's no hedge funds doing it. Big money, uh, you know, doesn't want to do a ten thousand dollar land deal. They they have too much money in the yes. Hedge.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so can, can people from in, international, like you used me as an example in Newcastle buying in Texas. Is that, is that possible or can... Yeah, I mean, I've got clients like, you know, uh, Rachel and Sean Rickman.
1: So they're in the States and they hate their jobs and they, they get enough passive income buying and selling raw land where they quit their jobs, right? And they start traveling throughout Europe. And they're doing the business in Europe, so all you need is an inexpensive computer and internet connection, and you know a few apps, right? You need a virtual mailbox to to uh, to get your mail, and
0: that's it. Um, once you kind of have a few things set up, uh, it, it's simple. And where, where where where's the cheapest place to buy land? Do you think, in your experience? Well, I, I like the Sunshine States. I like so I like the
1: Southwest. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I like Florida. Because yeah. look, Jeff, nobody wakes up and thinks to themselves, boy, I'd really like some raw land today in Minnesota. No. no. Right? No. Unless you live in Minnesota. Yeah. yeah but, you yeah. know, California, Texas, Nevada, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oregon, Washington, Colorado, Arizona.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah those are great yeah. areas. Somewhere where somewhere where the sun is shining. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and look, you me, can yeah. and you can fill that giant gallon tub of whatever was in that drink. That you were drinking before, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, that's always. I suppose that's always the thing, isn't it? Because it's the is is low is is the saying still location 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 when you're buying raw land? Not
1: necessarily. I mean, if you're buying a house, absolutely. But you know, I, the the land investors that buy our land, uh, they want an asset, right? And they may never even go out and look at their land. They just know oh, I can afford this monthly payment, and they think it's cool, right? Um, or they can go out there and they can, you know, camp on it. They can shoot on it. They can do something recreational on it. I have very few land investors that want to build their dream house, you know, 20 miles from the nearest town because this is, you know, raw, rural land. And if they say to me, Hey Mark, I want to,
0: you know, build my dream house out there. I'm like, uh, this might not be the right land for you. Okay. So, so when, when raw, when we talk about raw land, do we just mean, um, untouched or, Untu- yeah untouched right, okay, like okay you know
1: out out uh you know two hours from the nearest city let's say
0: wow yeah wow so, so big, do you, two hours from the nearest big city let's say wow that's wow so do you and i mean you said it says here that you've obviously you've done over five thousand unique transactions i must keep you busy you know i work <laughs> <laughs> I, not gonna, I like i destroy tim ferris so <laughs> i work two i work
1: two hours a week In Mm -hmm. frontier properties, because the systems and the processes with software are so automated. So I'm 90% automated with technology, and so what used to take me, you know, let's say 20 minutes of paperwork now takes two seconds. So all I'm doing is I have a team running the business, and I look at reports, and I have a team meeting, and that's it. Uh, So it doesn't take much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur. I like, you know, I'm not. Richard Schultz at Starbucks isn't whipping up your Frappuccinos. No, not, so at all. I, I not will, at all. Yeah, I'm working on the growth and the strategy. Although I would pay to see that. I, I, think, I would Vincent. too.
0: <laughs>
1: I, I bet he couldn't even do it now.
0: No, no, he, yeah. he wouldn't get. He wouldn't get that uh, that shape right on the on the froth or something like that, would he?
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> like like those guys go on like undercover boss. You ever see that
0: show? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, they can't do the actual work. Like yeah, man, yeah. you start this company, you can't do that. Yeah. Well it's, uh, it's that it's that um I remember watching a, a documentary it was about a, a famous baking company up, up in uh, in the u k, and there was he was talking about the marketing, and this this guy who owned this small company was trying to micromanage everything, and obviously you know the stress was going up and things were getting out of control. and the director of the company and the CEO of the company basically went, no, that's why I employ marketing specialists, so I don't have to do it because I don't want to be the best person in marketing." I want to be able to employ the best people in marketing so then I can do other things that are more more deserving of my time to run the business. So I suppose it's that strategy isn't it of just running running and using it it's working smarter not harder. No, a- absolutely. I mean, you know, it's not like flipping
1: on a light switch. It took me 4 years to build systems and processes and and do all that. And you know, you got to delegate, you can't abdicate. You got to know what you're doing enough to teach somebody else how to do it. But once you do that, then, you know, that, that typical, uh, it was, you know, the old e-myth kind of thing. Like you're the technician and you can't get out of it. It's like, no, you got to get out of it.
0: Yeah. I would love to see that book, The Two-Hour
1: work week. Uh, you know, you love- know what? <laughs> I have podcast. I'm going to start. just had a podcast with Jeff Nicholson, <laughs> Success IQ. And he said, I'd love to see how this book goes. Yeah. And I could just like start, on my, you know what? It's a good book
0: so i'm really excited about this new exclusive and intimate membership i am launching to celebrate the one year birthday of the show it's a hybrid combining the benefits of masterminding and group coaching as well as so much more it really is stacked full of additional fantastic bonus content if you're looking for a highly supportive group that will hold you accountable to achieve your goals and assist you to take your life to the next level, this is the community for you. It's called the Success IQ Alliance, and it is only open to 10 people. That's right, only 10 people. If you'd like to be one of those 10, then head over to the Facebook page and register your interest. There is an application process so I can make sure that only the right people become part of this exclusive community. Join this transformational community and start creating that exceptional life today. Visit facebook.com forward stroke success IQ podcast to get all the information you're looking for. Okay, welcome back to the show. Okay, so we get a, a chance now to ask, put well, basically put Mark on the hot seat and ask him the set of questions I ask every single guest on the show. So Mark, are you ready? Is your treadmill oiled? and ready to go
1: jeff i'm i'm right now i'm in a i'm, I'm sweating <laughs> um i'm I, i'm very scared i almost feel like i should be doing this like in the fetal position <laughs> sucking my thumb like that
0: hot seat is so hot but i i will do my best to that was, some, that's uh, an instagram photo of that one okay yeah, so, i will do my best <laughs> question number one is how much time a week do you spend on self-development so well gosh every day. Uh, so at least an hour a day on
1: self-development. So I have, I like, I'm, you know, my wife will tell you I have OCD. I'll tell you I'm disciplined, right? So I, I have an app called streaks and within that streak. So one of the streaks is I got to work out every day, seven days. I got to meditate 20 minutes every day, seven days. Um, I got to eat something like a healthy meal that, you know, seven days. And then I got to write in my journal, uh, at least five days, like the weekends I might take off so within the, and then i got to read for 20 minutes a day as well so what i'm typically reading or i might be listening to like an audiobook will be developmental um you know type of books uh but the meditation so you know all that combined is all about development i, I actually think that's it's every, every development is everything like if you're not growing I, i'm not sure what you're doing like it, it's all growth 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 for me um that's what makes me happy actually is is having that purpose um and that intention every day to uh be you know make you know be a little less wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yep,
0: I, mean, absolutely. I don't know if I'm getting any better, but i I'm, I'm definitely trying to be less wrong every day. Yeah, but you're having some damn good fun doing it. And having fun doing it. It shouldn't yeah. feel mean no. like a chore totally agree so there's a couple of things I, I i just want to look in a little bit more on that so the meditation side have you always been a meditator um or have is that something you've just got into how long have you been doing it i've been doing it for at least five years i'd say um i i use the headspace app
1: Um, I'll go to like, uh, I use like brain.fm. I'll kind of switch it up and, you know, I'm always using like, you know, an app to do it. And then sometimes I'll just be in the car and I'll just kind of be looking while I'm driving and be like, okay. And just kind of aware of my thoughts. And, uh, so kind of being aware of being aware is, is my thing like every moment and trying to be present. And, uh, I mean, I struggle with it every day. I'm not good at it, but i i try at least like my wife like you know you're not you're not i can tell your mind's wandering i'm like oh
0: is it <laughs> like, oh. yeah because you're oh. writing some, something else or reading while you're meditating or something right it's a, it's right. a slight giveaway <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah like,
1: i meditated this morning i'm like 18 of the 20 minutes i was thinking of, of like work and yeah. then like two minutes i was like you know yeah. my
0: breath. it's 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 hard it is but, but that's but that's why the yogis try and do it for so long because i mean it's it's impossible to think of nothing you've got to think of something so it's just trying to find that method i mean yeah, i've been yeah, doing it i'm it, the it's, same it's, yeah so you can't stop your thoughts but like when you have yeah. that thought
1: going back to the breath and being aware that you're yes, thinking
0: absolutely like not yeah. getting
1: lost in it is, is yeah. the challenge i think
0: yes absolutely and the second one is the journaling so um, how do you journal? Do you use a notebook or do you use an app? Or how, does, how does that work?
1: So it's all of it. I'll use an app, you know, for a few months. I'll get sick of the app and then I'll start using the journal and then I'll get sick of the journal and then I'll go back to the nap. So I'm kind of like one of those people that, you know, I've got the attention span of a ferret on double cappuccino. Like I'm just switching, you know, all these things so that I'll get tired of it. And then I'm like, oh, let's try this thing
0: okay so hang on. I that is, that is a tweet you are you have got an attention span of a ferret on cappuccino on a double cappuccino a d- <laughs> I wish you were one cappuccino <laughs> okay but so so when you when you do your journaling do you find that do you put your is it a, a thought process or do you record successes and failures how what do you types of things do you put in it? All right. So I do the five minute journal right now. Okay. So I've got, the, have you, have
1: you done journal? The journal? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm doing that.
1: And then, um, I'll switch off between, uh, like a free flowing sort of, uh, you know, just writing, like I'll yeah. just write whatever brain, I'm writing. Brain write for dump. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'll do a brain dump in the morning okay. and I kind of get my inner curmudgeon out. It's, <laughs> it
0: is a profanity lace filled journal. Class. Of, Excellent. Of okay. all, you know,
1: that I feel so much better.
0: Yes. Well, it's, get it out is the way to say, Mark. Don't keep it in. Don't let it fester. Yeah. Yeah. I get it all out and yeah. it feels great. But, you know,
1: but then even then it's like, oh, okay. I, you know, I want to go on to like just the five minute journal. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Okay. So, question number two What is your favorite personal development book and why?
1: Ooh. Favorite personal development book and why? Oh, uh, I've got so many I really love. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what I love right now. Okay. Um, it is The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Oh, Mark yes.
0: Huffman. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And the reason I love that book so much is there's so much wisdom in it. And this guy's only like in his 30s. But it's so true, the opposite thing, right? Um you know, so many people have bad metrics of what success is, or they have, you know, their value or they you know, not, not being aware of the values of why they're doing something. Um, you know, if you have that, that fundamental sort of just self-awareness of, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put my effort into things every single day that I can 100% control, right? Instead of saying, I want to be a billion dollar entrepreneur, right well you don't that takes a lot of luck right or i want to be the biggest podcaster in the world like that that's not really in my control but what is in my control is you know delighting three customers today right making somebody uh you know in enriched in some way that's that i can do every day right um being present with my children i have i have control over that now it's hard but i have control over that so you know these these metrics for success and these metrics of, of what you want to do in life. I I think that's a great book to kind of start with. And then, you know, the tactics and tools and motivation, there's all these other books out there that are amazing. I mean, I I love the one thing by Gary Keller. Um, Rich dad, poor dad is great for real estate and mindset. Uh, Gosh, I I, I have so many books. I love, I'll take a book I just read that I love is Homo Deus by Yuval Noah Harari. Um, not, I mean, just, just an just having a sense of where we're going as far as technology, <laughs> in the world, it's cool.
0: And that, and uh, you're it's, you're so right on that um, definition of success because that's one of my that's one of my core pillars. Is people have to understand what their version is because they are so many people are in the pursuit of someone else's. Yeah, yeah, it's a very personal thing, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, so, and so, Jeff, what's your what's your definition of success? my definition of success is happiness fun and a win-win situation so if, if i am that, living that sounds one... miserable to me jeff does, does it <laughs> oh, get up, don't you <laughs> <laughs> no i mean anything anything that i'm doing so the the work that i'm doing the people i connect with the people i surround myself if it has to be win-win because i don't see it fair if it's one sided on either side i think it has to be it has to be fun or is what the hell's the point Um, and obviously there's going to be times when it's not fun, but you know, if you, if you can put as much fun as you possibly can in your life, then you're not doing, you're not doing a bad job and there has to be fulfillment. If you're doing something you don't enjoy, I don't see the point of doing it.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. And and, and you got to do something like, I think that's bigger than you. Right.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And so that I think, because after a while, like everyone kind of gets comfortable, right? Mm
0: yeah um yeah
1: and you're kind of taken care of at, at a certain point and then it's like well how can i make someone else's life better yeah and that's like so fulfilling
0: yeah and-, and, a, and a and a and a bigger momentum pusher so when you're having those bad days you know whatever those bad days are and you don't want to get out of bed when you realize it's for something bigger that's that might be the push that gets you out of bed but it's yeah but it's knowing that you're you're doing the right thing and You have to surround yourself with people who understand that and support that, not the people that kind of laugh at you because they are simpletons or, you know, they want to embrace mediocrity. You've got to surround yourself with the people that go, well, go on, and go and do it. Yeah, absolutely. That's it's it's so critical being surrounded by those people. And yeah, and
1: sometimes you're born into such a bad situation. Yes. And it's really hard to find those five people to to be the, the average of. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you gotta, you gotta listen to podcasts. <laughs> yeah, like you yeah. have those five people be your five. It's good. Yeah. Your neighborhood's just yep. you know, No, totally. There.
0: Well, I know, I know when I was ill, um, and I was going through my clinical depression and stuff and the, the people around me as much as I, you know, I've known my wife since I was knee high to a grasshopper. Um, you know, I we dated when we, when she was 17, um, Well, she was 16, I was 17. Um, I think that's the sound of music song. Um, But anyway, so (laughs) then, um, but I didn't, but that wasn't enough. I had to, I had, I almost had to get lost in in books or films or something just to try and almost, what would it be like to be around those people? And it was really hard to pull myself out of it, but I eventually did it. Um, That's why I love reading autobiographies and stuff. Cause it's like, oh, you know, a little bit of adventure or something. I was able to take myself from a bad situation into a different situation and, and sort of work it from there. But it's a, it's, yeah, it is a challenging time when you when you, you've got to work hard, but that's, if you want to change your life, that's what you've got to do anyway. Okay. So Jeff, you're on a desert Island. Okay. And you only have one autobiography, like oh. let's just say for the next year what would you recommend? Cause I'm, I'm due for a book and I love autobiographies. Um, i I would have to say it was Nelson. It's Nelson Mandela's and I cannot remember the name of the book. Um, it's Nelson Mandela's autobiography. Um, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, and, but I enjoy all those, you know, I even, I enjoyed the Explorer ones as well. Like, um, like this, like, oh God, um, the one who walked Antarctica, Scott, Scott of the Antarctic, um, oh. I loved reading his autobiography, uh, his biography. He didn't write it himself, obviously. Um, but I loved <laughs> writing his story is, as well. Is it Long Walk to Freedom, <laughs> Nelson Mandela? Yes, that's it. Yes. yeah, right, I got it. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. But And sometimes it's it's reading the ones that you would least expect as well. Like um, uh, there's some, which I, like I read a book about Stanley, the explorer, um, who found Livingston and while he was stuck in the jungle and it was those sort of ones it's just interesting the way they do it but i think you can learn so much from so many different books books that yeah you wouldn't even think you could learn from you can you can sort of pull interesting nuggets from from so many different sort of books oh absolutely absolutely so question number three is what is your favorite app Okay, so on my phone or like uh, automation app? I'm going to say phone, and then I'm very intrigued about the automation app.
1: Okay, so on the phone right now, I love for communication, Voxer, V-O-X-E-R. It's like a little walkie-talkie, and it's kind of fun to use. And for my team, instead of like writing emails, because I I can always talk so much faster than I can write, um, I love Voxer is that my favorite right now? I think that's my favorite.
0: <laughs> I I have never of, heard of that I'm one. Geek, I'm going to have to look of it. Uh, yeah, so... I am as well. But I think you way outbeat me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- thank you. <laughs> so is it like a is it like a Skype or is it how It's not
1: it's not like Skype. I mean it's kind of like Skype but like right. but like talking instead of like chatting, you talk.
0: Um, you can do right, okay.
1: But what's kind of cool about it is you can do like a, like a one way broadcast. So, because oftentimes like your communication will start the snowball of communication. But with Voxer, I could just broadcast out to my team, hey, this week, uh, you know, you have to listen to Jeff Nicholson's podcast or uh, I'm going to send you glitter in
0: the mail. <laughs> right. And they can't respond back. Yeah. Okay. I've never tried that mailing campaign. Try, uh, I might try that one now. Super. Put p- <laughs> glitter. <laughs> okay and what about the the automation app so right now i
1: love i love well first of all, every day you've got to be on zapier.com z-a-p-i-e-r.com that's by far my favorite and then iftt.com but once you get over that right you get that fundamental automation piece i'm really loving airtable.com um it's replaced my crm it's
0: really cool air table i will have to have a look at that one so that's so that is a, is that a crm or is it just like a... it's it, it take a spreadsheet and a
1: database and marry the two of them together and oh, if they had okay. a baby that it'd be called Airtable.
0: <laughs> it's a strange name but okay yeah <laughs> right. all right okay oh yeah okay i see what it's like all right okay Airtable.
1: yeah i mean you'll get lost in it it's awesome
0: yeah I, I, I just ruined your month, Jeff. You did. My wife, yeah. we're just, we're, we're going to go on holiday suits. You what are you doing? I'm, uh, sh- I'm on the air table. Shh, just just leave me alone. Yeah. You go by the pool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Number four is what's your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you?
1: So my biggest business mistake early on was not having uh, a mentor and a second set of eyes on some of these deals that I was doing, especially some of the bigger deals its structure, and it taught me humility, um, you know because for the longest time, I thought I was the smartest guy in the room because I was doing so well, and uh, you know then the you know the the bubble sort of burst in real estate in 2008, and uh, I was kind of left like, oh my gosh, wouldn't have been nice if I had a mentor uh, at that point uh, or before that point helping me.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, it's um, it's like it's it's one of those things, isn't it? You don't when things are going well. Sometimes you don't really think you do, but then it's when things either take a turn or you think, oh, I can I could do even better. Then it's like, oh well, let's let's see what we can do when we get someone who's who's done it before, like you said before. Yeah, I mean, it's you know e- exactly, exactly. Okay, question number five is: What are your challenges in balancing life and work, if there is any? Well, I, I,
1: I, you know, I work three days. So Tuesday, a podcast, Wednesday, our team meetings, Thursday, our client meetings. So Friday, I'm with my wife, um, and kids after school and then Saturday and Sunday with the kids. And then Monday, my wife and I have another date. So I, I, you know, I call like Friday and Monday, my wife hates when I call this, say this, but I, I call them my, uh, if I die days, right. Okay. Like, yep. you know, this is my last day on earth what would I want to do? And, and typically it's like nothing that crazy. It's just, let's go have coffee and, and and try to be present with each other and talk and develop that relationship. So I think for me, it's actually when I have a project coming up, like I just started a new SaaS business, uh, the software company that, um, it's going to take a lot of effort and of my time. Right. And so for me, the challenge now is, well, I got to give something up and, I, I was talking to my wife today about it, and I said, "Look, you know that that Friday date is going to have to go. <laughs> like we have to put that thing on ice for a while as I as I start, you know, launching this new product, because that's just what it takes. And you know, I know I've been haven't worked Saturdays and Sundays in a while, but that's not
0: going to like I, I've got to give that up for a little bit. Yeah. And then you were slowly backing out of the room when she answered. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, and then scalding hot coffee went on my lap. No, she was, no, she was like, Look, you, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And because she knows, like, you know, it makes me happy and it's not forever. There's no, you know, once it all gets set up and, you know, she knows yeah. I can create the systems and processes and build the yeah. machine, it's not going to take as much of my time.
0: No, and this, and, this is, and this is the challenge of being an entrepreneur, isn't it? You sometimes you, you know, you, you've, you've got to be, it's that awareness of knowing when you're spending too much time on one thing. But also understanding that sometimes you've got to, I wouldn't say sacrifice every moment, every day, but you've got to sacrifice some time in order to get something to grow and, and work. Yeah, absolutely. And you just got to do it, Yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Number six is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? Um, that you have to
1: develop systems and automation and processes early, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, and know and have that discipline every single day to start building that out, and and really be clear on your purpose and your why, and make sure you're teaching your team this is the why, so that they feel like they're doing something bigger than themselves. If you're just getting people around you that are playing for pay, you know, a bunch of B players, you're going to be miserable. You got to get A players uh around you got to create systems and processes and and do that almost from day one
0: okay okay yeah that's a good one because i think so when you when you look at that because that can be quite a nervous thing can't it? when you're starting out and you're looking at getting getting those teams in does your do your teams are they um are they located near you or are they all over the world how does your team what does your team look like everyone's all over the
1: world. I'm, I'm in my, uh, garage office. I turned one of my garages into an office. So, you know, I've got a, a 30 second commute to work on the treadmill desk and everyone's virtual and it works great. Then, you know, we get together quarterly. Um, and so much good things happen. We get together quarterly, but it's, you know, you gotta be really, um, you know, really clear about the vision. Um, and be, be you know, empathetic of what they want out of life as well can't just be all about you and squeezing out every last you know ounce of energy out of somebody
0: yeah no absolutely absolutely so um number seven is what is your definition of success what was your definition again Jeff mine was (laughs) (laughs) I'll copy that one I'll copy that
1: yours yours is great yours is great I I think for me my definition of success is if I'm growing every single day and I'm getting better, a little better. Actually, I should say, you know, not as bad, right, every day. And, um, you know, will will my kids, my kids are 16, 14, and 12, you know, will they want to be with me when they're adults? Like if, if you know, um, will they come to me for advice when they need advice? Like for me, that would be, you know, I would feel very successful in that situation and and are my relationships solid and are they growing and are they developing? And, um, cause I think at the end of the end of the end of your life, you're, you're going to look at the quality of relationships and, and how deep they were and meaningful. And, um, I think for me, that would be success. I, I mean, for, for professionally right now, like I, I feel like I could die in peace, but, um, because I've helped, you know, a lot of people, but, uh, I think that I can do more as well. So um, it's it's ever evolving and changing for sure. I, I like I like your definition as well because the whole time I want to have fun doing
0: it. Yeah, but it's 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 there's an interesting because I know when um, there was a time when I got when I got ill and I literally did think I was dying and when everything started to go black, my anger of the fact did I did i tell my kids or did i tell my wife i love them enough that was the thing that i that was my last thing i thought before my well before my mother in law slapped me across the face to wake me back up but that's a, another story but um that was that was the thing and it's that it's those memories that you create the greatest gift on, on to me is as you say my you know my kids coming up to me and saying dad i need your advice or i need to speak to you about this because I want I want them to have that trust in me yeah yeah absolutely so um yeah I I I think
1: I think I've been there as well where you know it's what's uh what's that Tony Robbins quote where um gosh it's like it it was something about if if you're focused on yourself you're going to be miserable um like the happiest people are focused on others kind of thing um Yeah. And so once you kind of switch that focus to, you know, that it's, it's, it's really a different mindset. It's different world actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the final question is a life lesson question. This is where you get to pick a number between one and 50 and they are based on lessons that I've learned through an illness and starting my business. Um, we see what number comes up, what lesson comes up. We discuss it. It is fine for you to disagree with it because obviously it's life. And there may be a, dis, a different lesson that you have learned. So pick a number between 1 and 50, Mark. 27. 27. <laughs> responsibility. Okay, this this is the one that always seems to get me because I am always amazed. Number one of how many people don't take enough responsibility to make the, the changes in their lives. They'll sit there and be miserable or unhappy and they'll not take that responsibility to change. And the other thing was the realization I got, um, what, it was almost like a, a, an epiphany when I started to take the responsibility for my life direction, but also for my own health when you do. And I just wondered what you thought about that responsibility side. I mean, I'd love to argue with Jeff. I really <laughs> would. I'm waiting. Um, I, 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 uh,
1: I, I feel like I need to get you back for being on the hot seat. But, you know, the life lesson of responsibility is one that I, I can struggle with every single day because oftentimes I really feel like I'm responsible for everything, like everything. So a good example is uh, this week the power went out in our house, right? And instead of being mad at the weather, right, I was mad at myself for not having a backup generator. Like I'm responsible for... For that issue, right? Yeah. Yes. like that's that's me. That's not it's not an act of God. Like it's always my responsibility. But then having the judgment to step back and think and, and see the things that are I'm not responsible, right? Um, and where you know the kids might have to be responsible for that. that. That that's their problem, and it's very clear. And I would actually be doing a disservice if I came in and took responsibility for it. So I think that, uh, my life lesson is take responsibility for everything in my life. Like what you said, but also have the wisdom to know where I'm not responsible for other people.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And the third one would be hook up my treadmill to the power. So worst case scenarios, I could run the bejesus out of myself and the lights would still come on. See, exactly. You're a genius. (laughs) <laughs> di- that's why you're drinking that gallon of gatorade or whatever the heck it was yeah, yeah no the combination of scotch and guinness <laughs> yeah what would that <laughs> be <Yeah>. skinness <laughs> <Yeah. Delicious. laughs> brilliant mark it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show so uh, the floor is now yours for t- to tell our listeners how they can find out more about you
1: Well, I I think a good place to start is just TheLandGeek.com, TheLandGeek.com. And if you email support at TheLandGeek.com that you enjoyed the Success IQ podcast, uh, we'll send you for free our $97 passive income launch kit. So just put in the subject line, Success IQ podcast, and uh, send it to support at TheLandGeek.com. We'll send you for free the 97 dollar passive income launch kit but if you don't want to do that you don't have to just go to the landgeek.com and get for free our passive income blueprint our ebook how to avoid the three feet of land buying mistakes and start listening to my podcast with great guests like uh, jeff nicholson
0: brilliant mark thank you very much i have had so much fun and um, just let me take this opportunity to wish you the greatest success thank you jeff i really appreciate it thank you so much So first of all, just let me say a massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know that you're out there listening and it's great to have the emails that I get from you with suggestions about the show and what you think about the show. That's really nice. Really does help me make the show even better. If you'd like to find out more about me and the types of services I offer or my social media links, then please visit www.jeffnicholson.uk. You could also join us on the Facebook page, just search for Success IQ Podcast and that's a new page that was put up that I'm trying to grow and develop. So you can tune in and find us on other stations such as Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio and of course iTunes. And if you have the time, it would be great if you could pop over there, leave a rating, leave a review because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm really looking for so just to say I hope you have a fantastic week I wish you the greatest success and I look forward to speaking to you next week take care